Hey, listeners, just a reminder that the history of everything sex is for mature audiences, so listen with discretion. And don't forget, we're ready for suggestions, ideas, stories, whatever you want to tell us. Just email us at thehistoryofsexpod at gmail.com. Thanks! Good evening, Terry. Good evening, Melinda. How are you? I am really good. How are you? Good. Good, good. I can't complain. It's a good time of year for me when it starts to get warm out and stuff. And yes, the sun is out longer during the day. Yes, we love yeah. the vitamin D for sure. For sure. Mm-hmm. Would you like to say you're welcome? I would. I would like to welcome everyone to the history of everything sex. That was lovely. Thank that you. Was, I mean, it was a little flat. Oh, it's okay. Everything, everything sex. Oh. Yeah. It, you know, it got you, the job done. You have range. That's for sure. Uh-huh. I'm a, I'm a alto tenor, sometimes bass. Okay. Yeah. Um. So, you know, I like to keep these topics if I can kind of timely okay you know so we're coming up on Memorial Day weekend okay which is the first weekend supposedly of summer although not of technically as yes. Ryan likes to remind me um and all the pools are opening and stuff so okay we're gonna do the history of the bathing suit okay isn't that cool? I love it. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do it. I mean, I guess there has to be a history. It had to start somewhere. There is a very interesting history, actually. Okay. Yeah. So let's start with way back in the 1700s. Okay. Modesty and morality were not only the expectation, but they were the law. Okay. While both men and women started taking to bathing in open water or sea bathing, they always did so separately. So it's kind of crazy that women still made sure to cover up. And yet this is exactly what they did. And so bathing costumes were introduced. Bathing costumes. Bathing costumes. These were wool dresses. That hung loosely on a woman, and they were ankle length. Oh there my. were rights. How? What? Did, I need. I need to know. Girl, the it gets worse. Hold, hold on. <laughs> it gets worse. <laughs> there were weights sewn into the hems, so that when the wearer was in the water, the dress would not float up and expose her legs, which were underwater. Which were underwater in probably murky water. Correct. And well, there's probably less pollution back then. Yeah, but I, there's so, still dirt. but still, it's dirt. You're right. <laughs> right. But then, yeah, yeah. To add to the, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Mystery. I mean, geez. <laughs> right. Now, let me tell you, there was absolutely nothing sexy about these bathing gowns. Oh, and did I mention that they were long sleeved? Oh, oh, and under the dress were bloomers and stockings and shoes yeah so our good friend martha washington had one of these sexy get-ups 
Uh-huh. Needless to say, this was not meant to be a shit ton of fun, and I have no earthly idea how anyone actually bathed in this getup. I mean, how can you call it bathing if you have stockings and shoes on? Right, right. I don't know. So the bathing costume came along. Whatever. Just, just stay so, on the water. So when they were bathing, were they mm-hmm. actually bathing? I mean, I don't don't know that they had soap, but it probably was something to do to get the stank off of you. Right. Okay. Get some dirt off of you. But I don't know. Maybe they just figured they were washing their clothes and their body at the same time somehow. Right. Okay. I don't know. So then in the early 1800s, swimming did become more of a pastime. Um, But this was the beginning of the Victorian age. So women were not permitted to show an inch of skin. When women walked on the beach, they wore full dresses with collars that covered their entire necks, stockings, and shoes or boots, Hmm. not to mention hats. So if a woman was so inclined to get into the water, which I imagine she would be dying to do. Right, right, right. Here's what she had to do. There were these things called bath machines. Have you ever heard of a bath machine? No. Sounds like a car wash, right? It does, yeah. So these were small six by six by six foot rooms on wheels that could be pulled into the water by horses or sometimes men, but usually horses. The women would change in the little room. And when the bath machine was out in the water... Then the woman could climb down a ladder into the water, not risking any chance that her skin might be seen by others. What the world? When she was ready to go back to the beach, she would raise a little flag on the bath machine and go back inside to change into her dry clothes. The machine would then be returned to the beach so she could disembark onto dry land And there are pictures on the internet of beaches that are just lined with these bath machines. It's crazy. Crazy. I can't wait to Google that. The craziest thing I've ever seen. Um, Now, by the 1880s, the one thing that changed is that the bathing dresses were now knee length. However, the neck was still covered. The sleeves were still long, and the women still wore bloomers and stockings under the dress, and they still wore a bonnet or a cap on their head. Okay. Now, during the last decade of the 1800s, we were starting to see some progress. The princess suit was invented. Sounds very feminine, doesn't it? It does sound feminine. Yes, it does. Okay. Nope. This was a one-piece costume. The top and ankle length trousers were all one unitard and the skirt that was worn over the bottom was mid calf length. And this fun, sexy costume was made of flannel. It was so heavy and restrictive. Honestly, I'm surprised that it didn't qualify as a murder outfit. Jeez. Because I don't know how you survive trying to get in the water in that. Right. Later, the same decade, the princess suit got an upgrade. The trousers were replaced with shorts that wouldn't be seen under the skirt. 
and the material was upgraded to surge, which apparently is what trench coats and army fatigues are made of. Uh, Princess Hmm. suits were always made in a dark, boring color. (laughs) So nothing fun or sexy about this. Right, right. It was around the turn of the century that swimming was acknowledged as a competitive sport. Okay. The first time swimming was included in the Olympics was in 1896. Women competing in Olympic swimming first happened in 1912. Now, around this time, a strong, competitive female swimmer was gaining popularity. Her name was Annette Kellerman, and she'd been nicknamed the Australian Mermaid. Hmm. In 1905, she received a prestigious invitation to England, where the British royal family would watch her swim. However, her swim costume was way too revealing. The one piece which showed her arms and was also only knee length. Bearing the lower half of her legs was shameful and forbidden. So, resourceful Annette sewed stockings onto the suit at the hem of the shorts. And I guess this was good enough because they let her swim in this. Okay. And while the royal family's watching her. Correct. I cannot imagine swimming with pantyhose on. No. Stockings, whatever you want to call them. It's like you're just trying to make me drown. (sighs) Sounds terrible. So when Annette traveled to Boston, more panic arose. She came to the States. Quickly, the government said that Annette's swimwear was illegal because it was way too revealing. Now, a judge swooped in with a voice of reason, and he overturned that saying that the law was trying to do way too much. Swim costumes needed to be less restrictive and of lighter weight. The Australian mermaid suit was fine. Now, while this seems like a tick in the win category for swimmers, it actually just shook everyone up. Worried that sex-starved, body-proud women were going to get the wrong idea, and start wearing less and less material on the beaches, gasp. (laughs) (laughs) Towns and beaches ramped up the policing of swimmers' costumes. So men walked around measuring the inches between a woman's knee and her suit. Oh, I want to punch somebody in the face. Thank God for the white men. Someone had to keep those girls in line. Right, right. Aren't we lucky? Meanwhile, what are what are we being forced to look at on the men? Exactly. Oh, right. Ugly ass unitards. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So next, around 1910, a company called Portland Knitting Company started making wool suits for rowing teams. They changed their name to Janssen around this time, and their rowing costumes got a lot of attention even from people who weren't on rowing teams. Jansen realized that they had something here. They started marketing the apparel to common citizens. Hmm. In 1921, 102 years ago, Jansen coined the term swimsuit. Hmm. And once I learned that, I realized how dumb it is that I've always called it a bathing suit. Why am I wearing um, a, I don't, why would I wear a bathing suit? I'm not getting in the pool to bathe. Right. I'm getting in there to swim. Right. It's a swimsuit. 
Uh-huh. I still call I it, call it a suit. bathing suit too. I've always called it that, but uh-huh. now I, sh- I, I've been working on it since I started writing this. Okay. So the Jansen swimsuit was a long, not flattering tank top over long shorts, complete with knee-high socks and caps. So finally, a little bit of skin was showing. Throughout the 1920s, the suits became more and more daring with Uh scoop necks and a tighter fit. Another company, McCrayan Company, Hosiery, Mm-hmm. Uh, was founded in Australia in 1914. <laughs> so this knitting mill was a major producer of knit socks, stockings, and underwear. During World War I, the demand for socks for soldiers skyrocketed. McRae made bank, like they were killing it. In fact, when the war ended, McRae had made so much profit that they were able to branch out. And guess what they decided to dip their toes in? What? Swimwear. 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 They came up with a racerback <clears throat> one-piece suit for men to swim in. Hmm. They had a contest to come up with a name for this fancy suit. A sailor named Captain Parsons won the contest with the slogan, Speed on in your speedo. <laughs> the people in charge loved this so much that they changed the name of their whole company to Speedo. Meanwhile, Captain Parsons won a whole five pounds, which in today's economy would be 286 pounds or a whopping 355 American dollars. Now, the first Speedos were one-piece knitted deals with long legs and either short sleeves or vest-style tops. It was actually after the First World War that swimwear really started changing rapidly. American trends started leaning more towards sporty, and European trends were sleeker and more feminine. Hmm. Have you ever heard of a Mayo? Uh, No. So Mayo, which is spelled M-A-I-L-L-O-T, like I would normally, I would just say, oh, it's a Malot. Malot. Yeah, Malot. <laughs> yeah, it's pronounced Mayo. And that's the technical name for a one-piece swimsuit. Mm-hmm. And designers starting use, started using this term in 1928. And it actually is translated to swaddling clothes. So whether a suit was like today's one piece um, or tank style swimsuits or the more modest high necked skirted suits of the early 1900s, all of them, the word for it is Mayo. So any one piece swimming suit. Mm -hmm. Now, in the 1920s, models wearing swimwear started to show up in pictures in magazines. Also, having a suntan started to become the in thing, whereas it used to be a sign of someone who had to work outside, times they were a changing. Mm -hmm. So now tan skin was a sign of health. Hmm. Coco Chanel and French designer named Jean Pateau. It's probably just like Jean Pato, but whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, started designing very stylish suits. Uh, Pato came out with the 
wool jersey swimsuit, which was very popular at the time. Please don't make me swim in wool. Exactly. Shit, that sucker would shrink up so bad. You'd come out and it would be like this itty bitty, like a doll baby size shirt on you and you would not be able to breathe. Right. I can't, I can't imagine. Um, In the 1930s, women started focusing on exercising to improve their health and shape. Swimming was considered an acceptable feminine activity. In 1931, there was finally an advancement in the material used to make swimsuits when lastex yarn was invented. So it's still yarn, but it's lastex. So it's got Mm -hmm. a little elastic to it. Right. Um, this could be combined with rayon to make suits that clung to the wearer and did not sag when wet. So, hmm. happy day. We have clingy fabric. In 1932, the first backless suit for women was invented and patented by Elsa Schiaparelli, uh, hmm. allowing women to avoid those te- pesky tan lines. Also in 1932, Claire Dennis won the gold medal in the Olympics for the 200-meter breaststroke. She donned a silk swimsuit made by Speedo. Now, that particular suit was very expensive, but it did certainly set a trend. Meanwhile, those who could not afford to buy a swimsuit learned to knit their own swimsuits at home. Yeah, why don't you work on that this weekend? Knit, your, knit <laughs> yeah. yourself a little. I'll get, ba- I'll get busy on that. <laughs> yeah. In 1940, Christian Dior launched a new line of more modern clothing called New Look. And the style was geared toward accentuating a woman's curves. The waist was cinched and the skirts were flowy. And this more flattering silhouette extended into the swimsuits of the time. So we started getting that belted cinched waist yeah the swimsuit just kept getting smaller and smaller and in 1946 two different fashion designers came up with the two-piece bathing suit after world war ii ended there was a push to conserve fabric and these guys knew just how to do that so first in may of 1946 french designer jacques heim came up with a minimalist two-piece suit. The top was a halter top. The top was a halter type bra and the bottoms were shorts that fully covered the bottom. Heim called his invention the Atom, like A T O M, okay, because he said it was the world's smallest bathing suit. Aww. Uh-huh. Even still, the belly button of course was hidden safely behind the fabric. Elsewhere in France, Louis Riard, an engineer who had switched careers to focus on fashion, was working hard creating a bathing suit that was famously made of exactly 30 inches of fabric. He bragged that his creation was even smaller than the world's smallest bathing suit. Hmm. Now, when Louis first introduced his design on July 5th, 1946, he had given it the moniker of, <clears throat> of bikini. Okay. So let me walk you through this. Okay. 
Um, have you ever heard of the Bikini Atoll? Uh, no. Okay. So an atoll is a type of island where there's a circle of land around a circle of water. And then that is surrounded by water. So Okay. it's literally like a ring or a donut of land with water in the center and the water all around it. Okay. Okay. So it's like, it's literally a circle of land, right? Mm -hmm. So that's what an atoll is. Now in the Pacific Ocean lies an atoll uh, that was originally called the Pikini with a P. Mm -hmm. um, and that came from pick, which means surface. And knee, N-I, which mean or could be nigh, but I think it's knee, which means coconut. So this Okay. surface of coconuts, uh, the name was eventually Europeanized to Bikini Atoll. So, you know, they were basically mispronouncing it and it became Bikini Atoll. Right, right, right. All right. So that came first. When the United States developed the atomic bomb. They needed a place to test it. So they evacuated, or more accurately, exiled all the residents of the Bikini Atoll um, and used that land to experiment from 1946 to 1958. Okay. That's where they did all their atomic bomb explosions and experiments. Okay. When Louis developed his tiny two-piece swimsuit, He knew it would be explosive. So he named it after the land where literal bombs were being detonated and called it the bikini. Oh, wow. Isn't that interesting? That, yeah, that is a very, what a, what a, what a very involved <laughs> Right. way to, yeah, Yeah, to get, I always to get thought, to that. I always Yeah. thought bikini was the B.I. was because it was two pieces. <laughs> right. I'm like, Yes. bikini, like bicycle, Yes. too. Yep. Nope. According to Louis, a true bikini can be pulled through a wedding ring. Oh, Mm-hmm. I've never had one of those. Right. Well, you know what? Maybe when I was a toddler or something. <laughs> Uh-huh. uh -huh. So it happened at the posh public swimming pool in Paris called Piscine Molitor. And since no professional model would be caught dead in the skimpy, oh-so-erotic, controversial swimsuit, Mm-hmm. Louis hired a showgirl, a.k.a. stripper, Yeah. by the name of Micheline Bern Bernardini to debut the bikini. Bernardini <laughs> mm in -hmm. a bikini. Hello. Uh, right. as a nod to the tremendous amount of press that he knew his bikini would garner, Louis made that debut bikini out of material that looked like it had newspaper print all over it. And it was something. Explosive was a very accurate description. One reporter described the bikini as... A two-piece bathing suit that revealed everything about a girl except her mother's maiden name. Mm hmm Now, right away, Spain and Italy, of all places, outlawed the bikini on public beaches. But that didn't last too long. You know, it is Spain and Italy. mm hmm
1952, Bridget Bardot appeared in the French film Girl in the Bikini, and it was the first big Hollywood film to revolve around a bikini-clad character. Okay. After that, more and more models and actresses were seen sporting the swimsuit made of four triangles held together with a string. It was sometime in the 1960s when the bikini really took off in the United States. Mm -hmm. Now, in 1956, Speedo started making bathing suits with nylon and later added elastane, which apparently improved the look and made it much more practical. Mm -hmm. The style changed a bit over the decades. The 50s brought us the hip huggers and the strapless tops. The 70s brought the true string bikini. And crazy-ass Brazil came up with the thong bikini in 1974. Mm -hmm. Now, in between all of that, there was a really wild invention. Okay. As the story goes, a lady named Suzanne Kirtland was the editor for Look magazine. And she wanted to do a story that included futuristic clothing styles. She turned to an to an Austrian-born American genius designer who was all about thinking outside the box. Rudy Gernreich was up for the challenge. He designed what he called the monokini. Now, I always thought of the monokini as that bathing suit that's like a bikini, but it's connected the top and the bottom. Like, it's got that big cutout over the belly and over the back. So, you're like, is it two pieces or is it one? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay. But the real monokini was actually a high-waisted bikini bottom with a string attached to the front. And the string or the strap went up between the boobs and then and formed a Y and went over the shoulders to hold the bottoms up. But that was it. That was the whole suit. Mm -hmm. So boobs were just flopping all over the place, just out there for the whole world to see. And if you thought models were reluctant to see be seen in a bikini, they absolutely refused to even be in the same room as a monokini. Hail to the no. They ain't doing wow. No, wow. no boobies out flopping on out in public. So the photo shoot for Look magazine took place in Montego Bay, Jamaica. And the photographer ended up hiring a local prostitute to model the suit. And in the end, the only photo of the monokini that was published in the magazine was a shot of the back of the model. Mm. Even they weren't ready to cross that line, I guess. Mm. So this was in 1964. And after the issue was published, Suzanne started pushing Rudy to actually produce the monokini to sell while the basically topless swimwear was immediately denounced by the freaking Pope, not to mention the Soviet Union and the Republicans. Gee whiz. Yeah. Rudy did manage to sell just over 3,000 of them that summer. Hmm. And here's a bonus for you and our listeners. Oh, what? There was a nightclub in San Francisco called the Condor. Okay. Carol Doda, a Prune picker turned exotic dancer. I love that description of a Yeah, person. I know. It's like, uh, <laughs> I want to know more about her. <laughs> right. I know. I was like, should I do a whole episode on her? I don't right. know. 
I don't think so. Um, she worked there. And one night, the manager gave her a monokini to wear for her performance. Hmm. That night, Carol became the first modern topless dancer in the United States. Huh. More and more dancers started wearing this thing, and the topless bar was born. Okay. You're welcome. <laughs> and Rudy wasn't done. In 1980, he came up with the unikini. Can you guess what that looked like? Um, is it what Borat wore? No, but that's okay. a good guess. <laughs> yeah, no, that's it. It was actually just bikini bottoms. Oh, it was. It was just the bottoms, no top. Right. So, huh. okay. He called it the unikini. I just call it bikini bottoms. Um, and in 1985, he created a flop called a. Cubikini, which you guessed it, featured a cutout low in the front to show off the pubic area. Okay. All right. And this never even got off the ground. Thank God. Right. Right. Because at Cause that point, I, we might as well just be nude. Right. Exactly. Right. Yeah. No. In the 1980s, and you know, that's. People were really sporting the bushes still then. So, I mean, it would really just look like a monster was coming out of your bathing suit, I think. In the 1980s, the popular style swimsuit was high cut, showing lots of thigh and even hips. And animal prints or neon were all the rage of the 80s. The 90s brought us the amazing invention called the tankini. Oh, I a, do like the tankini. Absolutely. I was a fan of yes. the tankini. A two-piece consisting of a tank top with bikini bottoms. Finally, a full coverage bathing suit that didn't have to be completely removed to use the bathroom. Mm-hmm. Plus, you could now mix and match tops and bottoms. Right, right. I had the a tankini that was attached on the side. Really? Yeah. So, so it was when, still one piece? It was still one piece, but it was like barely attached on the side. It was my favorite bathing suit. Oh. See, I said bathing suit again. Um, I, I, yeah. Yeah, I loved sure. it. When you have yeah. big boobs, tankinis are good. There you go. Well, when usually you have a belly, they're very nice. Well, too. definitely, yeah. But, um, you know, because it gives a little bit more support. Now mm-hmm. they have like bathing suits and mm-hmm. like bikinis in uh bra sizes mm-hmm. and that's True. a huge that was a game changer for me yes now yeah. athletic looking bathing suits also became popular around this time like that famous red one piece that pamela anderson and her buddies wore on babe watch yep yep so in the early 2000s a lot more versions of the tankini could be seen on beaches and bathing suits came in every color and pattern. There were interesting cutouts and lots of straps and laced up strings and push-up bra tops and board shorts. All kinds of things were happening, mm-hmm. right? Now, most recently, as you kind of just started alluding to, um, most recently, swimsuit designers have been focusing on different body types mm-hmm. um, and aim to be more inclusive, So we talked a few episodes ago about how women's body shapes have changed over time. And Mm -hmm. unless you live under a rock, you're surely aware of the current obesity epidemic. Right. 
Society's view on weight, especially in regards to women, runs the gamut. Some point out the health issues that can be caused by excessive fat or weight, which we can all agree with. Um, But there's also a big push now to love your body, to rock the shape you have, to not be ashamed. All bodies are beautiful. Right, right. Right. So whether you think it's for better or worse, the fact is that the majority of people today are overweight. So mm-hmm. bathing suit companies have to cater to heavy to a heavier population. And besides making suits in bigger sizes, they also have to come up with more flattering swimsuits for larger women. From the high-waisted bottoms to skirted bottoms, mm-hmm. the flowy loose fitting the flowy loose fitting tops and tops with more coverage for the well-endowed. Excuse mm-hmm. me very much, Miss Terry. Right, Terry. Uh, yeah. Plus, the patterns and colors are geared towards slimming the figure. Mm-hmm. Um, there are compression suits that fit like spanks, but in a bathing suit. Mm-hmm. Um, a few magazines even have guides for choosing a bathing suit, like, if you have big hips, wear this type of suit. Or if your problem area is your thighs, then you should wear this. Mm-hmm. There are even swimsuit companies that specifically market market to the plus sized women, like mm-hmm. Torrid and Swimsuits for All. Okay. The last little biscuit of trivia that I have for you is about the Speedo Fast Skin Laser. Okay. Laser is LZR uh, line of swimsuits. Worn by Olympic swimmers in 2008. Hmm. After it was noticed that 98% of the medals for swimming went to competitors wearing wearing this type of suit. And when 23 out of 25 world records were broken that year, the suit got a lot of attention. Mm -hmm. The swimsuit gave the swimmers who wore it so much of an advantage that it was deemed technical doping and the laser swimsuits were banned from the Olympics. In fact, starting in 2009, there was a new rule for Olympic swimmers that men's swimsuits could only cover from the waist to the knees and women competitors had to wear suits that covered no more than the shoulders to the knees. Mm-hmm. So I think that's kind of crazy. But if you saw these laser suits, they mm-hmm. they are like uh, scuba suits. Like they, they got long, I think they had long, nah, maybe not long sleeves, maybe like a tank top. But it was all one piece and it went down to the ankles. Mm-hmm. And it was literally designed by like, I don't know, astrophysicists or something. Mm-hmm. And it decreased the drag and it had to do with like water molecules. I don't know what they'll come up with next. We'll see, I guess. Right, but right, right. Now it's time for our fill in the blank. Yes. Because you are so quick and you always come up with something so clever. All so. right. Well, I'm going to rapid fire. And you might get these all right for all I know. I don't I know. I might. I might. All right. Number one. I'll give you an easier one to start with. The most common swimsuit color is blank. Red. Yes. Good job. 
A trend for 2023 swimsuits will be the blank sleeves. Cap sleeves? Long sleeves. Oh, okay. They're all about the rash guard now. Okay. Number three. It is recommended that children wear swimsuits that are blank. Uh, Full coverage? Nope. Well, no. probably. But in this case... Neon yellow, neon green, or neon orange. Oh, okay. Yeah, so spot daughter, Okay, that yes, makes sense. My daughter is a lifeguard, and she said, yeah. the worst thing you can do is put your kid in blue or green. Okay, good thing. Because then thinking. you don't see them when they're on the bottom of the pool. Right. Number four. Uh, there's two blanks here. You ready? Yeah. In a campaign for blank, models wore bikinis made of blank. In a campaign for PETA, mm -hmm. models wore bikinis made of, uh, I mean, it doesn't make sense to, mm. shit, rubber. <laughs> I can't believe you got the PETA part right. Okay, okay. That's right. Yeah. So in a campaign for PETA, okay. models wore bikinis made of lettuce. Okay. I was trying to think of something because I'm like, gee, yeah. no, because, <laughs> you know, cows make the cheese. So maybe So not. you get a bonus if you know what their slogan was when they had these lettuce bikinis on. Lettuce. Uh, lettuce. Uh, well, lettuce is lettuce in it? No, okay. Um, I know, I was like, lettuce pray, yeah, yes. Um, shit. uh, <laughs> I don't know, I, I don't know that I can guess it. Turn over a new leaf, go vegetarian. Okay, all right, that's cute. That's okay, yeah. All right, number six in one million years BC, the movie. Blank wore a bikini made of fur, which has become an iconic outfit. Uh, Raquel Welch. Very good. Yes. Thank you. Very good. Number yeah, that seven. Was a poster, that was a poster hanging on Andy Dufresne's wall oh, Lord. in um, Shawshank Redemption. God, you just know everything. His, the hole on. that he was digging was underneath there. That's so funny. Yep. Number seven. Blank was photographed wearing a bikini made up of 2,638 Swarovski crystals, one of only 10 of the suits ever made. Um, Kim Kardashian. No. Okay. Uh, it wouldn't be like, it's not like Marilyn Monroe times. So it's not that no. old is it okay correct it was not um bandana close rihanna oh rihanna okay yeah that was yeah. close yeah right okay. number eight the most expensive oh there's a lot of blanks here so listen okay. up okay okay the most expensive bathing suit ever made was made of blank and sold for blank and it was purchased by blank for an undisclosed lucky recipient. Okay. So the most expensive bathing suit ever made was made of. I'm not going to say it was not diamonds, right? 
Is that your guess? I'm going to, well, I guess the other one was Swarovski crystals. Okay, so let's say diamonds. Okay. And it and sold it for? Sold for $4 million. And it was purchased by? Uh, it was purchased by, um, uh, how about, uh, 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 I'm trying to think of like a billionaire, Donald Trump. <gasps> okay. <laughs> For an undisclosed lucky recipient. You got one of the three correct. Okay. The most expensive bathing suit ever made was made of 150 carats of diamonds. Okay, got that which, right. Which, let me tell you, barely covers the nips and the pubic area. It was not... Not a, a very full, big... Not a full-ass bikini okay. by any means. Mm -hmm. um, it sold for $30 million. Oh, my. I lowballed that. And it was purchased by Tiger Woods. Oh, Tiger. For mm -hmm. an undisclosed lucky recipient. Okay. Two more. Okay. But number 10 is like a six-piece one. Okay. Okay. Number nine. One of the most luxe brands of swimwear is Emilio Pucci. Okay. The company was founded in 1947, and Emilio Pucci is credited with creating the first ever blank before designing swimwear. So before he got um, into the swimwear Okay, so area. I'm going to assume he's, uh, you said Emilio, right? Yep. Emilio okay, so I'm gonna, Pucci. I'm going to assume he is German, uh, not German, Italian. <laughs> uh -huh. So so what might he have gotten into before, so the first, jeez, uh, uh, waterproof handbag no mm. actually he was credited with creating the first ever one piece ski suit oh a ski suit okay okay yeah, yeah. which i had to i had to google just to verify that i knew what it meant and it right, literally right, right. is it's the snowsuit it's a snowsuit i call it a like, snowsuit right yeah for like grown ass it, people oh but is it like to keep you warm or is it to go faster no, it's to keep you warm. While oh, okay. You're so like a snowsuit. Okay. Yes, okay. exactly. All right. Number 10. Let's, we're going to, we're going to fire these off. Ready? Okay. This year, we will see the following trends in bathing suits. Okay. Blank. Nope. Sorry. Blank. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Blank like colors and textures. Blank like colors and textures oh so like uh um some so like uh animal like like that that's what you mean correct right? yes okay, i'm gonna say animal okay animal mermaid oh mermaid so okay. mermaid like colors and textures gotcha uh bathing suits that look very similar to blank um very similar to uh, active wear. Lingerie. Oh. Which is kind of the same thing. Yeah, I guess it depends on what kind of, that's the kind of activity I was thinking of. Good. 
Um, a relatively new take on the bikini will be the blank bikini. Um, long sleeve bikini. The ring bikini, where instead oh. of strings, they're like metal rings, Rattle like a rings. chain. Okay. Yeah, like a chain. Yep. Okay. Boulder blank and 3D blank will be trending. Boulder colors and 3D prints. Close. Mm. Boulder prints and 3D embellishments oh. will be trending. Gotcha. Another newer twist is the double blank bikini. Ooh, the double layered? Yes, and I hate oh. it because it okay. looks like you're wearing a bra under your bikini top. Oh, okay, okay. I do not like that one. Yeah. And lastly, don't sleep on the pretty new blank that will adorn many suits this summer. Don't sleep on the pretty new uh, crystals. Ruffles. Ruffles. Okay. Ruffles. 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 Yes. I did not do very good in this. Well. I was surprised that there wasn't like an underboob thing. Maybe underboob was last year. Have you like seen? show the yeah, underboob? Yeah. It's like, it's like instead of cleavage, people are showing the underneath. Yeah. That's hard which... for people with saggy boobs to do. Right, really, you need to lift it. Right, right. right. We, we we go for the cleavage because you need to have the underwear to. We we, we we. Correct. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. So that's my story about. <clears throat> that's the very interesting. You know, I really I was thinking the game. I thought honestly, uh -oh. I thought mm -hmm. you were gonna say, um, what, uh, um. These people did or did not pose in the Sports um, Illustrated Swimsuit Edition. That would have been a good one. That would have been a good one. But did you see who was on the cover? Of oh, no. The new cover um, cover girl for Sports Illustrated Swimsuit Edition is Kim Petras. I don't know who that is. So Kim Petras sings Unholy with Sam Smith. I hate that song. Oh, I love it. I, I hate love that it. song. I love it. I literally I, turned down the radio. Do you? When that song I comes do. On. I do love it. I do love Ugh. it. But she, is she gorgeous. She, she's gorgeous. She's trans. She's trans. Really? Yeah. She. Okay. She. I. Um. Okay. I read about this because I saw that she was on the cover, and I'm like, did somebody make this up, or is she really on the cover? She is, and she. Um. She's like the youngest. She's one of the youngest. She's 30 now, but she was 16 when she had gender reassignment. Wow. I just started going through the sure. through the process, but actual okay. reassignment sugar, which is surge sugar. Sugar. And <laughs> surgery. Uh-huh. I guess to some people. Um, yeah, I was uh really um uh amazed by that. She's from Germany. That's awesome. They're probably a little more. Well, good for her. I love yeah, her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But she sings that song with yeah. you see the performance at the Grammys. Mm -mm. You should watch. I know you don't like the song, but watch the performance of the Grammys between the two of them. And mm -hmm. people, people freaked the hell out because they were, um, you know, dressed like the devil and shit like that. Oh, really? Like, oh, my oh God. gosh. 
and <laughs> Sam Smith is like non-binary. You know what I mean? So yep. the way he was dressed pissed people off too. Oh, lovely. Thank <laughs> you for that wonderful lesson on the history of the bathing suit or the swimsuit. You're so welcome. Right. We're going to start making a concerted effort to call it a swimsuit. Swimsuit. We're going from bathing costume to bathing machines to Godly. bathing gowns yeah. to bathing suits to the swimsuit. Okay. So we're going to be modern. Okay. We're not boomers. We're, we have swimsuits because mm-hmm. we swim in them, not bathing. We do. Them. We do. Okay. We Anything do. else, ma'am? No, that's it. Thank all you right. for the lesson. Well, happy three-day Memorial Day weekend to all happy of Happy Memorial Day weekend to everyone, and thank you yeah. for your service. Okay. Um, <laughs> oh, wait, I'm not supposed like to. I don't think I'm supposed to. No, Memorial Day, you're not supposed to thank people for their service. No, you're just supposed to remember them quietly. Yes, so ignore Keep I it to yourself. <laughs> Keep it to yourself. Don't thank me. <laughs> um. Well, have a great weekend. All right, we'll see you next week. See you next week. Bye. Bye.